Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. One more time, just lift up your hand to Him. Jesus, we praise you this morning. You are Lord. <laughs> Jesus is Lord. He's my Lord. You're my Lord. Oh, I'm so thankful for your precious blood that washed me white as snow. I'm right with God. I am right with God because of that blood. And I give you praise and honor today. Aren't you thankful today? Aren't you just so thankful to be born again and to be a child of God? What a blessing. What an honor. What a privilege it is. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Martin. Uh, we want to receive our tithes and offerings this morning. I know we've got different things that we're doing, but you know, these things... Hey, are everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Casey, and these are your church announcements. If you're a first-time guest, we would like for you to fill out a welcome card so that we can give you more information about our church. Put yourself in mind of the price that was paid, the sacrifice that was made for your freedom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. From sickness and poverty and the curse. We are free today because of his wonderful redemptive work. Hallelujah. We are the most blessed people on the face of the earth. Amen. Amen. We want to receive our tithes and our offerings. Uh, our ushers are in the aisle. If you need an envelope for your giving, for your cash giving, you can give by text. You can give lots of ways. You can still write checks like I do. Uh, I still like giving that way. I don't know what it is. I just, I just like writing out those checks. But I just want to bring to your uh, attention a scripture um, and I was going to look at two, but we'll just look at 1 John 3, 16. We all know what John 3, 16 says. We're all familiar with that. For God so loved the world that he gave. You know, we see an example in God that he loved and he gave. He loved people and he gave to us the most precious thing that he had. You know, giving... Giving is about the love of God. It really is. When we give it to our local church, lives are touched and changed. Your giving causes people to hear the gospel. Your giving causes people to be blessed. You know, what we're doing even right now is about people. It's about you. It's about coming together and letting the Holy Spirit move and minister to us. It's about planting the seed of the Word of God in your heart so that faith can come and understanding can come to you of the things of God. It's all about people. The work of the church is all about people. You know, I was at uh, the church yesterday in Hemet as we, as we did our food outreach and hundreds of families, hundreds of families were ministered to because of your giving. Because of your giving. 
We're having another all call next month. Hundreds will hear the gospel and come to know Jesus as Lord because of your giving. Hallelujah. What we do for missions and all of the things that we do as a church would not be possible if it wasn't for your giving. And I want to read to you a, a scripture. 1 John 3.16 and 17. We know about John 3.16. But look at 1 John 3.16 and 17. It says, Hereby perceive we the love of God. Or we could read it this way. We know the love of God. How many of you know the love of God? I tell you, if you've received Jesus and you understand salvation, that God so loved you that he gave Jesus, you know the love of God. We know the love of God because he laid down his life for us. That's what God did. But notice what it goes on to say, and we. See, I love this verse because it tells you what God did, and then it tells you what you're supposed to do. Come on now, we don't always shout on that part as much. But God's telling you what you ought to do. If you know the love of God, there's something you ought to do. It says, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. See, there's a lot of Christians that hold back, not just in giving of their finances, but in just giving, period. I used to laugh at, at, at Brother uh, Hagen because he used to call them no-sacrifice saints. He said, the church is filled with no-sacrifice saints. They'll sacrifice anything. They don't give. They don't serve. Come on now. There's something about it when you give of yourself. Give of your time. Give of your gracings. Give of, of, of your finances. What it's showing is that you understand. I get it. The love of God has been given to me. Therefore, I have a responsibility. To take what I've received and to give that to somebody else. Hallelujah. I sow today into the kingdom work of heaven. Into the kingdom work of God here on this earth. So that somebody else can know God. Can know his goodness. Can know his love. Can know what Jesus has done for them. Hallelujah. And he goes on to say this. Don't you just love this verse? He goes on to say in verse 17, he said, But whoso hath this world's goods, and seeth his brother have need, and he shuts up his bowels of compassion from him, or that means he shuts up his heart, how dwelleth the love of God in him? He's saying this, that the love of God is a demonstration. The giving is a demonstration of the love of God in you. God has demonstrated His love to you by giving Jesus. We demonstrate the love of God by what we give. Amen. And I tell you, we are going to continue on reaching this world. You know, we're just a drop in the bucket compared to what all of the churches all over the world are doing for the kingdom of God. But our part is important. 
You know, when we were ministering to those people yesterday, there was one individual, I, I, I prayed for this, this, this young woman, and she said, tears running down her face, she said, this was a divine appointment for me. This was a divine appointment for me to be here today, for someone to pray with me about my life. Listen, it's about people. It's about people. We're going to experience increase and we're going to see the abundance of God flood us financially. But never forget, it's about people. You start to hoard it all up for yourself. You start to just spend it all on your fleshly desires. You'll never be satisfied because that's not what it's for. It's not what it's for. You want to make yourself most miserable? Look at Solomon. He had everything. He was hiding silver out in the dunes because he didn't have any more where else to put it. He had so much, he didn't even have space for it. But he was most miserable because he forgot God. And he forgot what it was for. May we never forget the purposes of God. But let's keep them front and center. Hallelujah. Let's keep them front and center. The Bible talks about keeping the word on, our, on the frontlets of our eyes. <laughs> Just like this. Laser focused on the will of God and why we're here. It's for people. Amen. Praise the Lord. I won't take any more time, but let's receive our tithes and offerings. Amen. Let's just pray over them. Father, we thank you today that your anointing is on our seed. As we plant it, we, we take our substance. We worked for this. This is a part of us. This is a part of our life. This is a part of our sweat. This is a part of our efforts. But we honor you. We take a tenth and, and we take this offering and we honor you with it. We worship you with it. And we thank you that as we release it in faith and sow it in faith, that it's coming back to us multiplied. Hallelujah. A harvest of increase, a harvest of financial increase. I thank you, Lord, that you meet the needs of these people and the needs of this church over and above. We are a church that walks in financial abundance in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Lord, that you're causing that to come to us. And we give you praise in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Worship the Lord this morning as you give. Oh, oh, oh. Hallelujah. Oh, 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 oh. How great is our God. Oh, sing with me. How great is our God. How great is our God? Oh, 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 hands to 
give you glory. I lift my hands to give you praise. I'll praise you, Lord. 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 Oh, 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 Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Casey and these are your church announcements. If you're a first time guest, we would like for you to fill out a welcome card so that we can give you more information about our church. There are ushers in the aisle right now and if you could simply raise your hand at this time, they'll give you a brochure. If you fill out that card and after the service, drop it off at our visitor cart in the welcome home area, there someone will greet you, answer any questions and give you a special gift. If you're looking for a home church, join the Faith World family. We're having a great time serving and learning about the life that we have in Christ. So if you don't have a church family, we say to you, welcome home. Now let's silence our cell phones and find out what's going on at the church. Join us on October 24th from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. as both campuses come together at Mulligan's Family Fun Center in Marietta for a night of family fun. We'll take care of your entrance, so bring the family and the fun. Kids of all ages are welcome to dress up in family-friendly costumes, and we'll have candy for the prizes for children. Sign-ups are a must by October 3rd at the info card. Join the Ladies of Faith World Church for a fun girls out and about night. We'll start the evening with a delicious dinner at Emilio's. Some of the ladies will win prizes and all the ladies will have a lot of fun. It's November 2nd at 6.30 p.m. at Emilio's Mexican Restaurant in San Jacinto. The cost is $10 and you can sign up and pay at the info card. Our food ministry is packed with opportunities to serve others. We have some great and easy ways lined up where you can help. On Thursday, October 14th at 10 a.m. at the Hemet campus, we'll set up groceries to be bagged. Then on Sunday, October 17th, right after the service, we are gonna bag all the groceries. People of all ages can take a few minutes to bag and sow towards evangelizing our city. Then afterwards, we wanna bless all the workers with a slice of pizza. Thank you for all that you do to help feed the families in our community. It's harvest time in our city. On October 23rd, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. at the Hemet campus, we will distribute groceries and share Jesus with the families in our community. Come be a part of this outreach. Heaven gets bigger with every soul that gets saved. Our evangelism workshop is back on October 25th at 6 p.m. at the Hammett campus. Join Pastor Martin Hernandez and learn how to boldly communicate and share your faith with others. The Bible tells us that the fields are ready to harvest now, but the laborers are few. We can't forget that our calling is to help reap the harvest of souls. Let's get our hearts ready to reach the word for Christ. Sign up at the info card. 
on Sunday, November. That's all around us. We have to know what we have spiritually. And what we have been given is a covenant with God through the blood of Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, it's not changing. And it's not crumbling. And it's not going in reverse. Hallelujah. And it will not fail you. And you can run to that covenant. You can run to that covenant and stand on that covenant that you have with Almighty God and things begin to change for you. Things begin to turn for you. You know, just over the last few months, there was a precious family in our church. They, they came to us and they said, you know, our daughter's been you know, diagnosed with cancer. And, you know, any, any parent would hear something like that and just, you know, fear would want to get a hold of you. But I tell you what, they ran to the covenant that they have with Almighty God, hallelujah, and stood upon that covenant, stood upon those covenant promises that their daughter was healed, hallelujah, that just like Pastor Martin was talking about, at the cross, Jesus took cancer, Jesus took sickness, Jesus took infirmities so that we could walk in his healing. We could walk in his health and be whole in our bodies. And they stood on those covenant promises. And just the other day, we got the message. She said, she is totally healed of cancer. They can't find it anywhere in her body. Praise God. And I tell you what, what a blessing it is to have a place to run to. We have a place to run to. We have a sure foundation to stand on. And we've got to view life. We've got to view the future. You know, there's a lot of things that are trying to change. There might be some things that will change. I'm telling you, one thing's for sure we're not losing. Somebody asked me that a couple of weeks ago. Do you think that this is just all, you know, gone so far? I go, No! Because God is on the throne and the church of the Lord Jesus Christ still has the power and the authority in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, there's times it may look like things aren't going the right direction. You know, I'm sure the children of Israel... When they passed through the Red Sea and they turned around and here comes the enemy closing in behind them. Passing through that dry ground that they just crossed over on. But I'm going to tell you what, God had them right where he wanted them. He protected his covenant people and those who were an enemy to them were swallowed up in the sea. I'm telling you, we're in the days of the demonstrations of the power of God, but we got to stand firm in the authority that we have. Don't get discouraged. I feel like I say this every Sunday. Don't be discouraged. Think right. Think right about your life. Think about what you have. You are not without a covenant. You have one with the almighty God. And you can run to that covenant and stand on those covenant rights and stand on those covenant promises. Amen. Let me just read to you uh, just a couple of scriptures. I just think this is so good 
uh, Psalms 25, 14. Can we put that on the screen? I've got so many scriptures. I couldn't hardly pare them down today. But we're going to be talking about this. But look at this in Psalms 25, 14. It says, The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, and he will show them his covenant. God wants to reveal to you the covenant that you have with him. You know, Hosea talks about how his people, God's people, are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. You know that word destroyed uh, in the Hebrew means cut off. You can be cut off from things that even belong to you. Things that belong to you in the covenant simply because you're ignorant about it. You just don't know about it. Or maybe you're for, you have forgotten about it or you're not aware of it. I remember hearing a story about a, a fella. He was a homeless guy back in Tennessee. And uh, they found him. He had died there on the sidewalk. And they had determined that he had died of malnutrition, uh, starvation. But as they were going through his belongings... They found that in a bag, he had over $38,000 in a bag. He had all the money he needed to get food, but died without. And see, that can be us. That can be us. If we allow our focus to be, you know, uh, drifting off to everything that's happening around us, getting confused. You know, the world is mixed up. We're not. The world is confused. We're not. Or you don't have to be. You can keep your focus on the things of God. You can keep a focus on your covenant in God. And I'm telling you every day you can get up and rejoice because you know that he is a God of covenant and that he is keeping his covenant with you. And all your needs are met. And you're kept by the power of God. And you're healthy. And you're whole. And you're delivered from this present evil world. Hallelujah. Those are covenant promises. Glory to God. It's not just hot apple pie in the sky. God said those things when he made covenant. I want to show you this. Uh, Could you put that first slide up there? I wanted you to see this verse also. There's so many verses I want you to see. We'll see all of them by the time we finish the series. But look at Deuteronomy 7 and 9 in the Amplified. Not the Amplified classic, but just the Amplified. It says, Therefore know without any doubt and understand that the Lord your God. I love that part. He's my God. The Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God, who is keeping his covenant. What's God doing right now? He is keeping his covenant with you. You are on his mind. That covenant is on his mind. And he is keeping covenant with you. And his steadfast loving kindness, he keeps his covenant and his steadfast loving kindness to a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. Our God is a covenant-keeping God. He is a God who keeps his covenant. Glory to God. We can put our trust in him. 
We can believe his word. We can believe that everything he has said to us shall indeed come to pass. Why? Because he is a God who keeps his covenant. Woo! Glory to God. There's nobody else like him. There's nobody else like our God. There's nothing else like this covenant. I can tell you this. This is the most sure thing we have in this world. Is this covenant with almighty God. Man, it's powerful. Are you over in Ephesians chapter 2? This is just the introduction. Hallelujah. We're going to get some good things today. Ephesians chapter 2. I want to read this together with you. And we'll start with verse 1. And it says, and you has he quickened, now notice this, who were dead in trespasses and in sins. So this verse is going to talk a little bit, it's not very edifying, but it's going to talk a little bit about how we used to be. It's going to talk about the condition that God found us in. It says, who were dead, we were dead in our trespasses and in our sins. Where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of our flesh and of the mind. And we were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. We were a mess. A hot mess is who we were. And we couldn't get out of that mess on our own. I tell you what, sin and the curse if you're in that and you have not given your life to Jesus Christ, I don't know what you're waiting for. Don't wait another second. Don't wait another minute. Because I'm telling you, sin and the curse wants to take you down. It'll take you all the way down to the bottom. It took mankind all the way down to the bottom. But I love this next verse, verse 4, but God, hallelujah, our Savior, our Deliverer. I mean, you think about this, sin and the curse and the devil was not God's problem at all. God was reigning over sin, he was reigning over the curse, he was reigning over the devil, who had the problem? We had the problem. He could have said, you know what? Y'all had your chance. You had your chance and you messed it all up. Now that's on you. But the Bible says out of his great mercy and out of his great love for us, I tell you, we'll never understand fully the love that God has for us. We're trying to understand it. We're, we, we have to just by faith believe it. 
You'll never, I'll never be able to look in the mirror and see what God saw that was worth dying for. I mean, I'm just being honest and transparent with you. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> I know me. I know me. But his love is so great. And his mercy is so great that he sent Jesus, the sacrifice slain before the foundations of the world. He was the covenant sacrifice for this covenant. It was him. And he decided, I'm going to get involved with this. I'm going to help them out. And I'm going to give them another chance. I tell you, God is the God of the second chance. Aren't you thankful for that? He never gives up on us. He's married to you. When you're born again, I tell you, you come into that covenant with God. He is married to you. He is married to the backslider. He never leaves. He never forsakes. Well, why? Because he's a covenant God. It's in the covenant. He decided to put that in there. That he would be a God that would never leave. He said, I'll never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will be closer to you than even a brother. Yes. Thank you, God. Thank you, Hallelujah. It's tremendous what we have available to us through the covenant. That was cut with the shedding of Christ's blood. But God, verse 4, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in our sins, he has quickened us together. Now look at these next two words, with Christ. You're going to see Throughout scripture, and it's so important that we understand covenant because sometimes we'll read through scriptures and we don't even understand we're reading a covenant verse. The depth of it is lost on us because we don't understand that is a covenant verse. When you see phrases like in Christ, with Christ, through Christ. Those are redemptive phrases, but they're also covenant phrases. This passage explains it so well. It says, even when we were dead in sins, hath he, he or hath quickened us together with Christ, he made a covenant with us. By grace you are saved and has raised us up together, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's another covenant phrase. That in the ages to come, verse 7, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus, through this covenant that you have made with my son. Hallelujah. For by the grace of God ye are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, 
lest any man should boast, for we are his workmanship created, here it is again, in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Verse 11, wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles. Now that word Gentiles the best definition you can find for that is this, a person without a covenant. That's what a Gentile is. They are a person without a covenant. That's who you used to be. That's how you used to be. That's how you used to live. That's how you used to face life's problems. In life's difficulties. You know, I feel sorry for the world. They don't have a hope without God. I'm telling you, for those that reject him, I mean, you know, even in the line yesterday, I think I had two people that wouldn't allow me to pray with them. And I tell you, my heart was so grieved because I just wanted to just don't reject God. Don't reject God. He's the only answer that there is. You reject him, there's no answer left for you. You're facing this world on your own. You're facing COVID on your own. You're facing financial problems on your own. But I'm going to tell you what, that's not us anymore. Hallelujah. We are no longer Gentiles. We are no longer people without a covenant. We've been brought into a covenant through the blood of Jesus Christ. And so everything you're facing today, you've got a covenant. You're not facing it without a covenant. Oh, my goodness. He goes on to say, Wherefore, remember that ye being in times past Gentiles in the flesh who were called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ. We were without Christ. We were without a covenant. That is the total opposite of who you are today. Today, you are in Christ. Today, you are with Christ. Today, you are in that covenant, in that blood covenant. Glory to God. It goes on to say, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of the promise. That's who we were. We were strangers to the promise of this covenant, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, now we're talking about covenant again. Ye who were sometimes far off, you were far away from this covenant. Now we are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Now we're brought near to the covenant. How? Through our good works? Eh. Through our faithfulness? Eh. Through our giving? No. Through the blood 
of Jesus Christ. Have you come, hallelujah, into the family of God because of the blood of Jesus Christ? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? If you are, then you have been brought near to this covenant of promise. That is so powerful. And then if you drop to verse 19, it says, Now, therefore, ye are no more strangers, you're no more foreigners, but you're fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Right now, I'm a part of the household of faith. I'm a part of the household of God. I'm a child of God. And I'm a covenant child of God right now. You know, I was talking to somebody not too long ago, and, you know, I I know what religion does. Religion always makes today look like it's terrible, but when we get to heaven, it's just all going to be great. And I agree, heaven is going to be great. But, you know, Really, in reality, in reality, when you get to heaven, nothing changes about who you are. Come on. Wow. Nothing changes about what you have. You've switched locations, but did you know that you are right now just as much of a child of God as you will be 10,000 years from now? Do you know that you are just as much in covenant with God right now as you will be 10,000 years from now? Don't glamorize heaven out of what you can be walking in today. Does that make sense? Oh, it'll all be better over there. It's supposed to be better right now. It can be much better right now because of covenant. We just got to know it. We got to be aware of it. We got to put our foot down and say, I'm not taking this no more. That's right. That's right. I'm a covenant child of God. These are more than just scriptures that are embroidered on. Because this right here, this is the articles of the covenant. This is what God agreed upon that he would do, that he would fulfill. And then he made every promise true by the blood of Jesus. It was Jesus that said at the Last Supper, this is the New Testament. What does that word testament mean? Covenant. This is the new covenant in my blood. Every promise is true because of his blood that was shed. It's more than our little scriptures that we scribble around and, well, I don't know how I believe that anymore. Christians like that just want to drive you up the wall. I don't know how I believe that healing stuff anymore. Well, then you don't believe in the covenant and you don't believe in the blood that was shed. Yeah, I said it. Amen. 
Go over to um, Genesis 15. Hallelujah. I know people don't like hearing it that way, but it's the truth. It's that either, either we believe in his work and we believe in his blood and we believe in this covenant or we don't. But it's given to you. It's real. Hallelujah. So according to those scriptures, I just want to say this, according to the scriptures we just read, we were at one time strangers, aliens to the covenant, without Christ, without hope, without God in the world, and we were far off from the covenant. Remember those days? But now we are in Christ, and we've been brought near, and we've been brought into that covenant with God through the blood of Jesus Christ. Christ. You are a covenant child of God. And I'm going to tell you that changes everything. Yes, yes, that changes everything. All right. Over in Genesis. Are you over there in Genesis? While, while you're looking, uh, let me just read to you the definition of covenant. Let, let's, just, let's just read that real quickly. Because there's some good things that we can see just when you read the definition of of what a covenant is. A covenant is a binding and it's an unbreakable agreement. The reason we have a hard time understanding this is because our society doesn't keep agreements. We make an agreement with somebody on something and two years into it when we don't want to keep Maybe the five-year agreement. Come on now. Or lifetime agreement. We go get a lawyer. And lawyers get paid the big bucks. Why? Because they find loopholes to get people out of things that they agreed to, but now they don't want to fulfill it anymore. And that's why our court system is packed, why there's a lot of money to be made in it, because you've got a whole society. Come on now. You've got a whole society that doesn't know how to keep their word. You've got an entire society that doesn't keep covenant. I, w- I was sharing this with the Hemet Church when I was preaching this over there last week. Um, I find this amazing that it used to be against the law to get engaged and then break the engagement. I mean, that'd make you think twice before spontaneously asking, you know, the beautiful girl to marry you because if you you get cold feet you're going to to jail. How our society has changed. How our society is so different today. We now, and you see that in the last days. Remember when it talks about what you would see in the last days? Covenant breakers. See, anything you see in there, we need to be just the opposite. We need to understand what covenant is 
and keep it. But it's a binding and it's an unbreakable agreement, listen to this, of total devotion and loyalty between the two people. This is what you have with God. Total devotion and loyalty to support each other. Do you know that God has agreed to support you? It's an agreement of total devotion and loyalty to support each other, to defend each other, to protect each other, to provide for each other. And at the moment, listen to this, at the moment covenant is made, everything the one party has is now at the disposal of the other party. Does that, does that not ring any bells? Like when you get married. You know, this last July, we were so blessed to get a daughter. Praise the Lord. We have Miss Joey, who married our son, Parker. And it was just a real joyous day, a real, you know, beautiful day, beautiful venue. We're all dressed up. She's wearing her beautiful gown, and, you know, Parker's in his, you know, nice tux. And, you know, we're just all so excited about the wedding. What really is a wedding? It's a covenant. And so here, you know, the wedding starts, the music starts. You know, and here Parker comes in. And then later, Joey, she was Joey Ellis when she came into the wedding venue. They came in one way and left another way. What do you mean? When they came in, they were two separate individual people, but when they left there, they were now in covenant with one another. Hallelujah. And everything Joey had now belongs to Parker, and now everything Parker had now belongs to Joey. It's shared. It's shared. And that's what we have with God. We are in covenant with Him. And everything God has is now mine. And everything I have is now His. All of the resources of heaven are mine. And all of the resources that I have to give God are His? It's covenant. So if you're wondering if you're going to make it, are you kidding me? All of heaven is at your disposal. He meets our needs how? My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus covenant promise. Hallelujah. Wow. Wow. Covenant. Not just, oh, that's one of those name it and claim it scriptures. 
No, sister, that's a covenant promise from God that is sealed in the blood. Nay, true to you because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Covenant is made by blood. Are you over in Genesis 15? Where did my glasses go? I lost them. Oh, they're clear. (laughs) I broke my other ones last Sunday. I just, they flew off. They're cheap. They come in a 12-pack. They should last me a month. Praise the Lord. Genesis 15, let's look at this covenant that God made with Abraham. You get anything out of this today? I'm going to I'm gonna try to hurry it up a little bit. Genesis 15, and we'll start with verse 5. And it says, And he brought him forth abroad, and he said, God brought Abram forth, and he said, Look now towards heaven, and tell me the stars, if you're able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. And he said unto him, I am the Lord that bringeth thee out of Ur of the Chaldees to give thee this land to inherit it. See, God gave him the land and his descendants. Remember over there in in, in verse 12, he said, or chapter 12, he said, as far as your eye can see, I've given that to you. And I'm going to tell you, there's nobody that's going to be able to take that land away because God gave it to Abram and made covenant with him that it's his. Hallelujah. I'm telling you what, just read the Bible and you'll know where to stand on things and know who to stand with. Um, let me just say this. There's a lot of things brewing. In, in, it's, it's the spirit of Antichrist that get people to turn on Israel. You have people that hate Israel and they don't even know why. It's a wrong spirit pushing them that way. They don't have to give up that land. And they're not going to. Because it's theirs by covenant. That shows you the power of covenant. Hallelujah. So he said in verse 7, he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of Ur of the Chaldees to give this land to inherit. Look at verse 8. And he said, Lord God, whereby or how shall I know that I shall inherit it? He goes, how can I really know that what you're saying to me is true? Have you ever looked at the promises of God and you think, really? Really? I mean, I'm going to prosper to where there's not room enough to receive it? Surely I could find some place. That's really what Abraham, he goes, how can I know this is really true? You're telling me to number the stars and that's my seed? 
You're telling me to look around and all this is mine as far as, my, as, far as I can see? Notice what God said in verse 9. He said unto him, Take me a heifer of three years old and a she-goat of three years old and a ram of three years old and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. And he took unto him all these and he divided them in the midst and he laid each piece one against the other and he, but the birds divided he not. So animals, were their bodies were cut in two and he laid them open. I mean, you experience something like this, you would never forget it. The sights, the smells, the stains. God's saying, I tell you how you're going to know this is true. I'm going to make a covenant with you by blood. This is serious. This is solemn. This isn't flippant. See, the promises of God are not flippant. They're made by the blood of his precious son, Jesus Christ. He goes on to say, and when the, verse 11, when the fowls came down upon the carcasses, Abram drove them away. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and lo, a horror of great darkness fell upon him. Drop down to verse 17. And it came to pass that when the sun went down and it was dark, behold, look at this, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between those pieces. That was God. That was the Spirit of God going up and down between those pieces. In the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham saying, Unto thy seed have I given this land, and from the river of Egypt unto the great river, the river Euphrates. Covenant is serious. And what is said and what's declared in that covenant ceremony cannot be broken. It cannot be changed. Everything God has said will never, I mean, you think about this. This will never pass away. We're going to get to heaven for all of eternity, and we're still going to be talking about this. We're still going to be talking about this. That old thing. See, that's the way the spirit of the world looks at this. I mean it. There's people that think because you preach out of a Bible that you're old-fashioned. No, you've just got understanding of something that works. That will never pass away. Real quickly, I want to just read to you about the covenant ceremony so you'll understand a little better. Can I, just, can I do that real quickly? It won't take me long. But I think we need to see... We, we, need, we need to see a picture of this and how, how this affects our lives and what has changed and what we have because of this blood covenant. When two families would make a covenant together, and it's actually called the cutting of a covenant because blood was always shed. And when they would do this ceremony, it would be like in a big field, a big open field, and they would have witnesses that would come to watch the cutting of the covenant. 
this covenant ceremony. When two families made covenant together, they gave to one another everything they had and all they represented it. And after covenant was made, they were no longer two separate families, but they were one. So let's just say the Hernandez family and the Swizek family came into covenant with one another. Now we are no longer two separate families, we're one. We're Swinandez. And many times that's what they would do. They would change. <laughs> it works. That was off the top of my head. Swinandez. Because now we're not two separate families anymore. We're one. We are one. I'm going to tell you something. You are one with God. Your little brain may have a hard time wrapping itself around that truth, but you are one with God through Jesus Christ. It is powerful. It's covenant. So they were one. They bound themselves together in blood agreements in order to fill in the gaps by each other's weaknesses where the first tribe was strong, the second tribe was weak. And where the second tribe was strong, the first tribe was weak. For example, you would have, um, uh, well, we'll just say this, you know, the Swiziks, they're warriors. <sighs> Warrior people. We've got weapons. We know how to use them. And you don't mess with us. And, and we will hurt you if you try to mess with any of us. And we are feared and revered as being warriors. But we're done with business. Don't know how to run a business. Don't know how to work our finances. And so we're always broke. And we're, I'm not saying that in real life, but you know, that would be an example. And then the Hernandezes, they don't know how to fight. They know business. Everything they touch turns to gold. They know how to work finances. They know how to, they work, they know how to turn things around financially. But they need somebody to protect them. So what do they do? They don't find somebody that's good in business. They find somebody to fill in the gaps where they're weak. We don't look for a warrior family to join ourselves to. We look to somebody that can help us prosper and feed our family and have a roof over our head. And so you come together, and now together there's no weakness. Mm, let the weak say I am strong let the poor say I am rich well, why wouldn't you do that because I've come into a covenant and I've exchanged my weakness for his strengths and I've exchanged my poverty for his riches. Don't go around talking weakness. Wash your mouth out with soap. My mom used to do that, and I used to do that to my kids. They said a nasty word. We're washing that out. You'll not forget this day. You can be coughing suds for a week. I put it in there. I'm going to bite down on it. Fight down on it. No. They still remember that. 
That's what I want to do as a pastor. With people that speak defeat and weakness, and I can't, and I'm sick all the time, and I'm broke all the time, and I'm like, grow up! Get something right in your mouth. Get the word in your mouth. If you don't know what to say, just get a big roll of masking tape and roll up your whole head. Accept your ears so you can hear the Bible and hear who you are in Christ and hear what you have now in Christ Jesus. You're not weak. You're strong. Hallelujah. You're not sick. You're healed. You're not poor. You're rich. I wish I had a friend in here. I got friends. I got to hurry. The two families drew up the terms of the agreement. This is the terms of the agreement. This is what God agreed to. That's why it pleases him. When you come to him with the Bible open and say, God, you said you would meet all my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You said that. In the covenant. And I'm standing on that. Then they chose a representative from each family to cut that covenant. And they got at least three large animals. And they split their bodies down the spine. And the halves were placed on the ground opposite from each other. And the blood would come down and that path was called the way of the blood. That trail of blood would come down. Then the two representatives would exchange their coats. They exchanged their outer garments. Jesus did this with us. Jesus did this with us. Let me just read to you Can you put that second slide up there? You get anything out of this? Isaiah 61, 10. He has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. So he gave you the coat, the robe of his righteousness. And once you got that new coat during that covenant ceremony that's the new coat that you wore why because it represented now who you really are you now have a new identity see we are in this covenant the the swinendezes and brother martin pastor jeremy exchanged their coats and you might see pastor jeremy coming down the the road and you think well, that looks like Pastor Jeremy, but he's wearing the Hernandez coat. See, the outer garment reflects who you really are now. That looks like Pastor Jeremy, but he's wearing the Hernandez coat, so that must mean that he's in covenant with the Hernandezes. 
You wear a new coat, my friend. You wear the robe of righteousness. You have it on in the spirit. You're wearing it right now. When the devil sees you, he sees you wearing that coat. That's why he tries so hard to come against you in your thinking and bring up the past and bring up what you used to do and bring up what you did way back 50 years ago and, oh, yeah, I'm not worthy. Put your coat on. Put your coat on. Don't you let the devil do that to you. In the spirit, he sees who you are. He wants you to forget about it. He don't want you to know about it. But I love what 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That's who we are now. We are God's righteousness. That's our robe. That's our coat. Don't forget the coat you're wearing. Amen. Then in the covenant uh, exchange, they exchanged their weapons. So we're part of this, the, 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 the Hernandez family now. We don't have a lawnmower. Don't have a lawnmower. All we have is a weed eater. If we need a lawnmower, you know what we do? We just go right into their garage. And we grab the lawnmower. Why? Because everything they have is mine. Everything I have is theirs. There's been an exchange of these weapons. Jesus exchanged weapons with us. We, we Don't go over there because I'm blowing through this, but Ephesians 13, write it down. He said, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God. And if you read that passage, you'll see that he gave us the sword of the Spirit. He gave us the shield of faith. He gave us his belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness. He gave us the shoes of the gospel of peace and the helmet of salvation. So in that weapon exchange, you exchange your weakness for their strengths. You want to know something else? In that covenant their enemies are now your enemies. And your enemies are now their enemies. I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of people that want to be enemies to the body of Christ. Mm, that's a mistake. It's a big mistake to be an enemy to a covenant child of God. Why? Because God will defend them. You oppose the work of the church, the blood-bought, Bible-following church who's trying to do the will of God in the earth and you're opposing that? You're coming against Christian parents who want to mold their children's beliefs and faith in the word of God in the ad raise them up in the admonition of the Lord and you want to trounce them off to school to teach them gender identity? I don't think so. See, we look at this stuff so naturally. They're coming against covenant people. You remember Paul on the road to Damascus? Whenever 
He was out there persecuting all the Christians and killing Christians and he had a, an experience with the Lord. And Jesus said to him, why are you persecuting me? I'm going to tell you, I pray for people's soul that are coming against the church. That are I do, because I'm a child of God. I'm not praying for them to go to hell. I pray they get the light. But I know this much, there's a space to repent. And that space is getting shorter by the second. And if they don't straighten up, and if they don't stop this attack against the... You know, it's interesting that, that, that um, phrase where Jesus said, uh, Paul, why are you persecuting me? And then he goes on to say, it's, it's hard to kick against the pricks. One translation says this. I think it's so good. He said, why are you working so hard to oppose my will? Why are you working so hard, no, I'm sorry, to come against my will? Boy, if that doesn't give a picture of the world out there, of our government. But see, God will defend. God will defend his covenant children. Hallelujah. Can I give you just a little bit more? I know y'all are getting warm. It's warm in here. Um, after the coats and the weapons were exchanged, then came the walk of the blood. And twice they walked through the way of the blood. They would walk up and down it. They'd get blood on their shoes, on their clothes. And they pronounced the promises to each other that could never be broken. And this was called the blessing of the covenant. Then came the cutting of the covenant where they would cut their hands and their wrists and they bound them together. And that scar would forever remind them of the covenant. In fact, I just think it's interesting when they would see one another in the streets or in the market, they would look at each other and they would just, this is how they would greet one another. They would lift up that scar to signify, you're my covenant brother. Isn't it something that today Jesus bears in his hands, still to this day, the scars in his hands and in his feet? What does that remind him of? It reminds him of the covenant that he has with you. The covenant that he has with you. There's a verse we're going to end here 2nd Corinthians 120 you know Abram asked that question he goes how am I to know that everything you're saying is true really all of this that's my inheritance really and what did God do he made a blood covenant with him how are we to know that every promise, remember we talked about that last Sunday, every promise in the book is mine. I loved that song. Every chapter, every verse, every line. How am I to know? Because of the blood. And I love this verse in 2 Corinthians 1.20. It says, for 
all the promises of God. How many? All of them. All of the healing promises, all of the the promises that talk about your peace, all the promises that talk about your protection, all the promises that talk about your prosperity, all of them. All the promises of God in Him, covenant, are yes and in Him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. All of the promises in this book right here, all of them are yes to you because of the blood of Jesus. That's why he's worthy. Every day of your life, no matter what you're going through, no matter how you feel, this never changes. And he is worthy to be thanked. And he is worthy to be served. And he is worthy to be praised every day of our life. Because he made an everlasting covenant with us that will never pass away. It's so huge. It's so tremendous. We got to view our life through covenant. We need to see every situation through the eyes of covenant. Oh, I'm just trying to, you know, hold on to the word. You're in covenant. It's deeper than you grasping at scriptures. You're in something. You're in it with God. You're in it already. You're not trying to climb your way into something. You're in it. (laughs) And God loves it like that because he loves to bless you. He loves to do for you what you couldn't do for yourself. We couldn't get out of the curse. We couldn't get out of that stupid cycle of death and sickness and poverty and weakness. But we're not weak anymore. We're not sick anymore. And now we're not without hope anymore. We're not broke anymore. We're in covenant with Jesus Christ. And all that he has is mine. That's why it's easy to give him everything. I love that verse. My life is not my own. He bought me. He bought me. He came into my life, made a covenant with me, and gave me something so much better. And I'm telling you, you can struggle and you can strive to prosper, you can struggle and strive to be successful, you can struggle and strive to have the best life. But if you do that apart from God, you'll never be happy and you'll always fall short. But in Him is abundance. When you come into that covenant, you recognize what you have. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all you could ever ask or think. This covenant is so big. It's so awesome. And it's because of His blood. It's nothing that we did. We didn't earn this. We didn't earn this place. We just received it by faith. Isn't God awesome? He's more wonderful than we could even explain. Hallelujah. Let's just thank Him right now. Jesus, we just praise you. We thank you for your goodness. You're so, so good. 
You're so giving. You're so generous. You gave all of yourself to this, to the cutting of this covenant, to the making of this covenant. And I'm so thankful that you did. I'm so thankful that you are the mediator. <laughs> You're the mediator of the new covenant based on better promises. You gave us the best, the best life. The best life we could ever live is possible because of these covenant promises.